Hi. Hello. I'm Julian. I'm Tom. We're Team Binge. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for tuning in to talk about episode eight of The Last of Us called When We Are in Need. And we are in need of Tom's opinion of this episode because (laughs) he loves the game, loves the show. And we're going to check his pulse. What did we say last time? We're going to stab you with the thermometer in the heart. In order penicillin to, this time. Penicillin. We're going to stab you in the wound <laughs> of your heart. That is your heart to get your infection of this show. That made sense. Tom, what'd you think? Uh, unsurprisingly, I absolutely loved it. This one more so than I think a lot of the other episodes was incredibly true to the game. Like the, and I know I've said this before, but like the dialogue and a lot of these main beats and what is kind of happening in this episode is nearly identical. And I love that they kept this the same because this is a huge moment in the game. And I'll just kind of say in the beginning, the way it changes a bit from the game is and we talked about this but you don't play as joel the entire game and joel gets kind of shanked here and then it just kind of cuts to black and you don't know what's going on and then it cuts to ellie in the middle of the woods kind of hunting and then you're playing as ellie so it's a huge like gamer moment we're like okay for the first time you're now playing as another character and you don't know the fate of joel so it's it was a really cool cool moment and i think they did it very uh, much justice with the way they kind of played this out because this kind of takes what we know from this series and how joel is the protector of ellie and just flips it upside down and this is all ellie and doing everything she can to protect joel and they dive a little bit deeper into kind of david's motivations and give him a little bit more backstory which i think is fun for this medium and uh, we'll kind of talk into the the details because I know you've got your your thoughts and opinions. But I also have to mention I very much appreciate that we officially got the three C's of economics. We had communism, capitalism, and now you got cannibalism. So we we hit all of them. Got it, got it. And at the end of this episode, stay with us. We're going to tell you which one's our favorite. And okay, a couple of things you said there that I want to unpack a little bit just so I understand. Mm-hmm. So when you're playing this game, you start off as Joel's daughter, correct? When you're playing the game, you you yes. are playing as her, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. it transfers to you're playing as Joel. And so you're saying in the game, this is the first time where you play Ellie. Am I understanding yes. that correctly? Mm-hmm. And the way I it sets it up is Ellie's just something? hunting, so... <laughs> you think El, like Joel might be gone at this point okay. and now you're just going to finish the rest of this journey as Ellie. But when she eventually finds David and then kind of has that desperate plea, like, oh, do you have medicine? You're like, oh, Joel might still be alive. And then it starts doing some kind of cut back and forth with, with the two characters. Got it. Got it. Okay. I like that. I do like that. Now, serious question. You have to answer this truthfully. When you watch mm-hmm. this show... Do you hold the video game controller and pretend like you are <laughs> controlling uh, Pedro and uh, Bella at the same times? I should have. That's actually a missed opportunity. I'm going to do that for the finale. And you're like leaning and dodging and stuff. And your wife is just staring at you being like, I had so many other options. And this is where I landed. No? Yes, okay. pretty much. All right. Yeah. Wonderful. I would like to go back. You said uh, Joel is kind of shanked. I would love to know what your definition of uh, completely shanked is. Uh, because this actually almost looks like a bite wound. There were One time she pulled up his mm-hmm. shirt and she's like, I don't know, massaging it, 
spitting in it. I don't know what she's doing, but um, I was like, wait, did he get bitten? I had to like think back because it does look mm-hmm. like uh, a toddler got to his abdomen a little bit. Well, I say kind of shanked because in the game you fall on like rebar, so it goes full through all the way to through Joel, and you got to like lift him up. It's pretty gross. So in this one, he just takes you know half of a Louisville slugger through, not sure. not all the way. And I'm was... assuming like based on where it hit him that maybe it was like where his appendix would be and maybe he got his appendix taken out so that's why it's not a big deal he's fine right i don't know where the appendix is again i'll, I'll say it before, i've said it before and i'll say it again not a doctor but i'm pretty sure that's pretty sound no i I'm, what this show needs to do is just take the shortcut of uh, oh you only got flesh shanked or it was a through <laughs> and through shank like you just have to use that terminology and we've all been well practiced in okay it means no vitals were hit He's going to mm-hmm. be okay as long as we sew him up with needle and thread. But <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed it, Tom. It's no surprise to me that you loved it. But we're going to go through and talk about the cold coastal town that is Silver Lake is where this takes place. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, it, it's kind of interesting the way they do this because this is probably a place that when they first settled here was beautiful in the spring and they had resources and a lake and all this kind of stuff. But man, is this a harsh place to buckle down for winter. Are they still, is this still Colorado? Is that where we're This still is Colorado. At? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So coastal, lake coastal, not ocean coastal, unless some yes. things have really <laughs> changed. In the, in the 20 years since uh, <laughs> the cordyceps took over. Mm-hmm. We open with a lovely little town meeting, family meeting, community meeting, but not mm-hmm. communist. I don't know how it all works out, <laughs> where a gentleman is quoting Revelations 21. There's a lot of new heaven and new earth talk. Uh, there's a banner hanging about when we are in need, he shall provide. Uh, they never define that hard capitalized he in that, uh, in that so we'll never <laughs> know. Uh, but we do know that God will wipe away all the tears. And uh, some girl's like, hey, I'm teary because my dad's dead. When are we going to bury him? And we find out that this guy <laughs> talking to everyone is David. That is his uh, mm-hmm. Christian name. And mm-hmm. he's like, we'll bury your father in the spring. And then he very dramatically <laughs> looks at, who does he look at, Tom? He looks over at James because I think he's, and, and this is kind of an interesting thing to do in your second watch or people that have played the game. Like, I already knew they were cannibals here. So, like, that look that he gives over to James, which is, hey, how much meat do we have left? Not a lot. Yeah, we're going to have to bury your dad a little bit later. We're going to bury him in the spring, <laughs> and he's going to look a little differently. He's going he's gonna to look like he lost a little bit of weight um, <laughs> and that he had some cold cuts uh, removed from his side. Uh, yeah, I caught the cannibalism vibe only when the uh, the question of what kind of meat is that when they brought out the that that was when I was like, oh, okay, we're doing some things here. He My, very slowly says venison <laughs> question mark <laughs> venison venison. They're like, wait, what'd you say? He's like, no, 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 venison, venison with a V, not an M. All right, um, Mike question to you and maybe this was talked about in the show maybe it's talked about in the game but does cold slow like the infected the infection i'm assuming like fun guy fun guys in a normal Mm -hmm. situation (laughs) need like warm wet muggy that sort of environment to grow Mm -hmm. 
because there's not a lot of infected roaming around. There's not a lot of mushrooms growing. Is this because it's so cold? Is this touched on at all? No, I think they mentioned something a little bit briefly in maybe the previous episode that they're much more sparse in these more kind of remote areas and they're probably not going to do well in the cold. It's not necessarily the case in the game because in the game, obviously, it's a video game. There's got to be action. So there's a lot more kind of infected action sequences kind of peppered throughout this. Whereas I think, I mean, was it this episode and last episode where we haven't had any infected? And I don't know, there, there's different thoughts. Like I get the idea of people wanting to see more of that kind of action but i think these stories are so much more interesting when they kind of use the idea of the infected kind of always lurking in the background and don't feature them and feature more the horror that this world has become sure yeah the infected in a lot of these episodes are not the bad guy at all the bad Mm -hmm. guy is pull out a mirror everyone it's (laughs) us it's man or woman (laughs) or human whatever Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> the guy that he does, you have a note here, the guy that he does give his look to, who is James, who is his mm-hmm. like right-hand dude, they're kind of having a discussion, uh, and this guy is, is special in some way, shape, or form. Is that correct, yes. Tom? Yes. He is the one and only Troy Baker, who did all the motion capture and all the voice work for Joel. So it's very fun to be able to see him in this role um, and allow him to kind of play off of Ellie and stuff, too. Uh, with his kind of scenes that he has later on, but very, very cool. And I, I love him as an actor. And he normally has beautiful, like, long locks and hair, so it's kind of a bummer they had to chop it off for this, but I loved him in this. Well, he was probably just in one of those bald caps that has <laughs> hair on it, but who knows? Yeah, he's got Trent Crim-style hair, so. Oh, he's a Trent Crim? Really? Oh, man. <laughs> Not yeah. that level, but he's he's getting there. I don't know that anyone has the level of Trent Krim of no, the no, independent. No. That's top, top, top notch. Mm-hmm. They have a discussion about how much food they have left, and we find out that these guys are big on hunting. Big, uh, <laughs> big game meat guys. He's like, we've got some elk, we've got some deer. So and so thought they saw some deer, but those guys are idiots, so they're probably on any deer. And <laughs> you get the sense that David. I guess make some comments about, hey, I, I felt a vibe in the room in there where people are maybe starting to lose faith in me. Oh, and maybe mm-hmm. you're losing faith in me. There's a lot of those those types of very cult leader vibe. And maybe it's just because mm-hmm. you named the guy David, and I'm assuming his last <laughs> name is Koresh um, or something like that. But yeah, very, very cult leader leader vibes coming off of my man David. Yeah, I, th- I think they're kind of setting this bit up where he's kind of a sociopath where like, he needs to be the center of attention. I think when you mentioned that banner, he shall provide, he does not think that's God. He thinks that's him and people like, worship him. That That's kind of his, his MO here. And you get it from this quick little conversation he has with James. See, yeah, I got, um, as I was watching this, I think I've expressed this before. Uh, in 1899, they did it too. And you didn't quite pick it up, but maybe it's just my own uh, my own issues. But I don't like <laughs> the writing shorthand where it's like, hey, the dude that's quoting scripture is probably going to be some weird, like, evil guy. And they did it with the mom in 1899 where she was, mm-hmm. like, super severe and she's the one quoting scripture. And so when this episode started and they did this with David, I was like, ah, oh, come on. Like, you gotta be kidding me. Don't like, <laughs> why does the guy always gotta be like, he's reading from the Bible. 
And guess what? He's a terrible human being. So (laughs) I don't know. But as this episode played out and... I have questions about David and his motivation, but mm-hmm. I also realized they, I don't know, it, it took some turns that I was like, okay, so is he religious? I don't know. Is he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I've got questions about this and maybe you can clarify what you what you saw in the game and what you got from David Koresh, the leader of uh, <laughs> the, whatever this commune is called. Yeah. No, I think it's a very fair point. I think there's there's an argument to be made that a lot of people do horrible things in the name of religion. That's like a, a, a guise to do horrible things. And I guess from my standpoint, since I knew where this character was kind of ultimately going and that he is just really just an evil person, the fact that they kind of used his his intellect, because he certainly is a very smart person and knows how to manipulate people, he's manipulating these people through religion and mm. kind of providing all of this to this group of, as he calls them, kind of sheep that are following him as the shepherd. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was an interesting ad because none of this is in the game. The only kind of part that they loosely pull on this thread is that banner that you see in terms of, you know, um, he shall provide. You see that in the banner kind of towards the end of end sequence in the game but they kind of add this little religious kind of element. But I'm with you. Like, I can understand if, if you being a more religious person that it can it can rub you the wrong way. But Listen, I think as we get to the end, he's not he's not doing this in the name of God, right? He's doing this in the name of cordyceps. And sure. he's just using this to manipulate people. Yeah, so many questions about that. But we'll, we'll hit that <laughs> when we get there. I just, you know, yeah. I want the cult leader that's running things quoting from a math book at some point. You know, that's all. <laughs> just quoting... Math book scripture, I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't believe in math, so I've never read one. But um, it would just be, or, you know, one of them well, science books. That would be fine, too. I think it's worth bringing up here since you say math, because he later on, as he's talking to Ellie, which we'll get to, he mentions that he was a teacher and that he taught math. And oh, okay. At that yeah. point, it's kind of like, oh, okay. So, and I would also argue we kind of know this guy's going to be evil because this is the show, right? The guy they're going to feature is probably going to be an evil person. But really everything leading up to this, like he never lies to Ellie. He's being seemingly like a a better father figure than Joel has been. Joel's been just murdering people in front of her constantly. And this guy's showing empathy and trying to like level set with her a little bit, at least initially. So I think that's kind of interesting. But clearly, I think by the end of the episode, you realize he wasn't a math teacher. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't any of this stuff. He's just using this as a means to manipulate. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're talking this out because I am going to have some thoughts. But we're in the basement. Ellie is very sad. She's like chewing on their last scraps of food. We're realizing, Mm -hmm. once again, showing us, not telling us. Uh, that they are running out of food, and so she needs to go do something about it. Um, she takes the old hunting rifle, and <laughs> she walks outside. She immediately sees, like, a snow hare, and all I thought was, like, Ellie, if you shoot that rabbit, it's just going to explode. <laughs> like, yeah. that's that's the wrong weapon for the wrong animal. <laughs> like, that would have uh, that would have been something they probably wouldn't show on TV, is all I'm going to say. <laughs> 
this is kind of funny because this is a little nod to the game. The way the scenes cut where, you know, Joel kind of is in dire needs and then it cuts away and you start this next sequence as Ellie. It starts with one of these little uh, bunnies like kind of popping out. It's all, you know, snow and everything. And then out of nowhere, the bunny just gets destroyed by an arrow. And then it pans over to Ellie and Ellie is like hunting. So the fact that the bunny survives in this uh, iteration is kind of funny. Yeah, it's a nod. It's a nod to those people mm-hmm. that don't want to see that bunny die. But deer, <laughs> deer are, no, 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 we don't protect deer. Ellie shoots that deer. <laughs> and then <laughs> I like, I mean, she she does the breathing thing. She shoots. She's got a hit. And then that deer just takes off. And she's like, you got to <laughs> be kidding me. <laughs> So she has to chase down this deer, and wouldn't you know it, that deer goes and dies, and David and James find the deer. Mm-hmm. I like this bit, too, where David kind of ex- uh, instinctively introduces himself and James, like, hey, I'm David, this is James, and it's kind of the same beats we've had earlier, where if somebody's pointing a gun at you, you're going to try to humanize yourself. This is exactly what Frank did with Bill, and this is what that uh, Brian character did, um, the one that uh, Ellie shot. She, he tried to say his name, that he has a family and all that stuff. So, again, I think it's it's an interesting bit, again, that we're, we're seeing people in the face of a, a loaded weapon are trying to humanize themselves and introducing themselves by name. Yeah. See, I liked David in this, uh, in all of the beginning of the episode. I didn't know. I mean, to your point, you're kind of like, well, he's got to be bad. Like, he can't be, like, running mm-hmm. things. But I found... Uh, I found him delightful. I would have joined this little <laughs> vacation Silver Lake stay. I would have bought a timeshare, I guess is what I'm saying. Uh, not for, you know, maybe a week. Uh, and then I probably would have tried to sell it afterwards, realized it was a bad investment. But I would have gone to the free presentation uh, where I got mm-hmm. tickets to, I don't know, some sort of Vegas show uh, just to sit through the presentation. And then, yeah, I would have bought it. I'll just be honest. I would have bought and. <laughs> <laughs> then I would be trying to sell it to some sort of family member um, because Silver Lake's <laughs> beautiful, does. Tom. Would you like to, mm-hmm. would you be interested in a timeshare? You like the snow and the water and hunting deer. So this is, uh, these are all the things I hate. This is why I live in Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. He offers, like during this conversation, Ellie's like, listen, it's my deer. I'm taking my deer. He's like, we can offer you things. And she immediately is like, medicine what do you have for medicine Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) she's like you can have half the deer i'd like some medicine david uh, turns to james and is like going to send him off i really appreciated this james it's it's not code just go and get some penicillin (laughs) and come Mm -hmm. back um Mm -hmm. i i liked that moment because it gave you a sense of okay this is not how david typically like handles these situations well, and I think we recognize, or James recognizes right away that this is the girl that was with the guy that killed his friend, right? So I think James is oh, like immediately okay. wanting revenge and stuff here. So that's why he's saying like, listen, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I think again, and we'll get into it, but David sees something in Ellie that he wants to kind of explore and he's going to... <laughs> oh, that's a terrible <laughs> way of saying that. Oh no. All right. Sorry. Sorry. That he wants to explore. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, okay. Ugh. Ugh. Apologies? Yeah, no, I don't. 
it's just in light of how the episode goes like that's if fair. you think that's about fair. it my bad. no 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 no. you're fine you're fine i know what you're saying it's just yeah my oh all right yeah phrasing 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 yeah <laughs> all right we're back sorry uh, but yeah so <laughs> no you're okay but so so james is taken aback and, and but david really has like a plan here where he ultimately is going to give Ellie the medicine and use it as a means to track down not only Ellie, but Joel as well to kind of get two birds with one stone. Uh, but I like where throughout this scene and even before where Ellie's holding up that rifle, look, uh, listening to some of the behind the scenes things, like they gave her like a real weighted rifle here. So Bella Ramsey as the actress had to be holding this stuff up. And if you watch it, she is a, a small young girl, young woman, and having to hold this thing up, like you can tell she's struggling with sure. it multiple times in these scenes. Sure. Cool. Yeah, if she is holding a cup, there's probably some sort of liquid in it. I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. They used to Yeah. It was it wasn't a rubber rifle that uh bends when no. she No, 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 that's a good point. What what I was interested in here is David makes some good points. He's like, listen, it's a four mile trip. It's going to take him a while, which he's kind of planting that seed of, Hey, this is going to take longer than you think, which I don't think Mm -hmm. it actually does. And then he's like, let's go grab some shelter. It's cold. We'll build a fire. What I thought Ellie should have done. And maybe she just doesn't know is she should have been like, okay, while we're waiting, why don't you field dress that deer? And then (laughs) your half will be your half when he gets back. Uh, instead, we just let this dead deer lie there, and um, for a show that likes to be gross, I mean, we see some things that are field dressed later in this episode that are worse than deer. We could have uh, we could have made David do it because I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Ellie probably doesn't know uh, what she's uh, what she's doing, and she's got the upper hand here. So why not have someone else mm-hmm. field dress your deer for you? You know, that's smart. That's smart. I I, I probably would have uh, had her do the same. The way that's a little bit different here in the game is because they don't feature infected here, you go into this little hut or whatever, you start a fire, you start this conversation with David, and then you get attacked by infected. So you guys have to kind of work together to hold them off. And that's kind of how the game builds this trust between the two characters. And even at one point, as Gelly, or Ellie's kind of holding him up at gunpoint, the infected start coming in. David pulls out a gun and starts shooting the infected. So he had a gun the whole time and was not like drawing it against Ellie because he wants to talk to her and wants to kind of play her because he knows like he sees something in her and wants to <laughs> get to know her better. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Phrasing. Very good. I do. Yeah. I do. like That's interesting. And, and, you know, I don't need action in every like scene of this show. I do think... Mm-hmm kind of the way that it's pitched a little bit is it has like i don't want it to be the walking dead a show that i didn't Mm -hmm. spend a whole lot of time with but i mean i feel like the show is much more character driven than like action driven Mm -hmm. which is fine it's well done i enjoy it but that would have been an interesting scene to have them work together and fight infected Mm -hmm. i'm assuming just budgeting infected they're probably union so if you bring them in (laughs) for an episode you probably have to pay them you know yeah. the union cost i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know what cordyceps yeah. are asking for these days the food cost alone just for catering is, is way too much sure all those mushrooms and then the <laughs> and then you have the ones that won't eat mushrooms because obviously <laughs> you know it's murder if a mushroom eats a mushroom so yeah i understand <laughs> anyways i appreciated the line where david's like listen you could join us we don't have much you know don't have a lot of food she's like oh so you're inviting me to your hunger club 
I thought that was just a great Ellie line. Ellie never never trying to make friends, Ellie. That's uh that's her motto. I don't make friends. Yeah, I love their back and forth banter. And I think this is the first instance where we get David trying to get her name. Like, hey, what's your name? She doesn't give it. But again, they this this scene had to rely much more on this dialogue and backstory and how he kind of tried to establish his trust or bring her in by this backstory of him being a teacher and a preacher. They couldn't bond by killing infected together so i think this the, the show did a really good job with this bit sure she's like is it a weird cult thing and he's like "Ooh, well you got me there i'm a preacher <laughs> and then she's like oh great how can you still be religious after all that's happened and he's like oh little twist i was a teacher then i became a preacher after the apocalypse and mm. yeah so i thought this was all all pretty interesting well, and this is we get, like, I think Ellie's line is like, what, because they effing rhyme, the idea of the teacher and preacher. <laughs> sure. But it takes a beat, and then she says, but seriously. And I think that's a moment where David knows, like, he kind of has her. Like, she is invested and wants to know more about his backstory. Sure, sure. And this is where he gives the, listen, everything happens for a reason. And this is really well done, dialogue was. I did not... Typically, I'm looking for this stuff in a show. And this one, I mm-hmm. will say, caught me completely off guard where he reveals that, you know, we just had a guy that was stabbed by some dude and a girl he was traveling with. And mm-hmm. that's when James reappears with the with the gun. I did not see that coming. That was a that was a beautiful piece of writing that I'm sure wasn't in the show or wasn't in the video game. So you were completely caught off guard as well. <laughs> no, uh, this Ugh. is exactly from the video game. Like oh. the idea of like, and, and get this, the crazy man was traveling with a little girl. And it's like, the and again, looking at Bella Ramsey or Ellie's face when this happens, where she like, boom, pops the gun, like the rifle back up. She's like, oh, like. I'm caught here. I don't know what to do. And to your point, same exact time we get James, lower your gun because he's behind with a weapon drawn. Well, James was, he was with the piano because he did the dun, dun, dun. And then, <laughs> and then David was like, no, put the piano down. Also put the gun down. Um, maybe I'm misremembering how this scene went, but I did think once again, like throughout this, David, the show, Listen, the show did a great job of like, okay, is David bad? And Mm -hmm. there's a bunch of times throughout this where it's like, okay, we think he's on the level. He tells James to drop the gun. He tells James like, hey, give her the medicine. We made the deal. He didn't do anything when he had Ellie alone. Um, So, uh, you know, the only clue I was given is he was quoting Revelations in the beginning, and I was like, "This guy's gonna go bad." This is what shows do. But maybe this is your yeah, this is your prejudice. The second somebody starts quoting some Bible verses, you assume that's, they're gonna yeah, turn bad. That's a good point, but that's only because I've been indoctrinated by media. By the media, Tom, they get me every time. There's also a war on Christmas. Anyways. Um, David tells James to, and I think it's funny because James, like, James doesn't do these things, like, there is always a little bit of a question in his eye in terms of, Mm -hmm. like, hey, it's not code. Hey, do you really want me to drop the gun? Do you really want me to give her the Mm -hmm. medicine? And so Ellie takes the medicine and she leaves them the deer, correct? She doesn't take her half. Correct, yeah. She's more focused on, on getting that penicillin back to Joel. 
Man, I really think she should have been like, all right, now you guys cut this deer down the middle. But not like (laughs) the normal way you would cut a deer down the middle. Cut it the other way down the middle. And they're like, lengthwise? She's like, hot dog or hamburger? He's like, She's like, yes, cut it hamburger-wise. No, cut it hot dog-wise. And then they're like, wait, how do you know what a hot dog or a hamburger is? And then she shoots them both. And then, dun-dun, credits. I thought it was going to be like an NYPD Blue episode. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then it's like whatever wolf, whatever that produced by Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. There you go. Yep. All right, uh, Richard Wolf. Richard Wolf. We're a kid's podcast. Yep, we're a podcast for children. (laughs) Anyways, they cut that deer to pieces. They cut Bambi to pieces. Sorry, that was for the kids. Um, Where are we here, Tom? I'm all over the place. No, you're good. So this is where Ellie runs away. Um, and you're kind of thinking like, okay, is Ellie really going to get away with it? That's right. And I'm thinking, don't leave tracks, Ellie. Like, go in circles, maybe drag your feet. Or don't touch the snow, Ellie. Don't touch the <laughs> snow. Walk on your hands. So they're like, oh, this is a different type of animal. This animal has hands for feet. This couldn't be human. That's what I would have done. Or walk backwards. Boom. Oh, I solved it. Walk backwards. Walk. Moonwalk. Michael Jackson all the way to Joel. These are all great ideas. Hopefully people are writing these down. If you're ever being tracked in the snow, uh, you're going to confuse the heck out of people. If you walk on your hands, walk backwards, and moonwalk, they'll be like, all right, we don't even want to mess with this person. Look at their moves. That's a fair point, man. I was going to say she should uh, zigzag like that Stark kid should have done in uh, Game of Thrones. He's running in the middle of the field. Could have just zigzagged back and forth. Serpentine. Serpentine. Yeah. No, no, no. That's fair. That's fair. She then gets to the basement, and listen, all I could think about was I bet Pedro was just acting up a storm during this whole episode. (laughs) He's like, listen, guys, I'm just going to lay here on this dirty mat for hours and hours, so don't wake me when you shoot the scene over my body. I'll just be here. And they're like, man, that Pedro, what a professional, such a professional. She's over his bite mark. Once This is where I was like, is that a bite mark? And she's like, where do I stab you? Uh, which is what the guy asked before he stabbed her or stabbed him with the uh, Louisville slugger. But uh, we get a penicillin shot in the wound, which was gross, I guess. Yeah, I don't know where you're supposed to put it, but yeah, that's where she goes for it. Um, I, I do like this idea, though, where she gets penicillin in the first pilot episode, the kind of setup for the series. We got those two kind of doctors talking on that TV show. That one doctor mentions the idea that penicillin is a medicine derived from fungus. So it's kind of an interesting juxtaposition that this medicine is going to save his life and has saved millions and millions of lives. Yeah, I mean, it's like what all of our mothers did when the loaf of bread got moldy. They put it in the garage And you were like, oh, are you going to throw that away? And your mom was like, no, they can make penicillin out of this. And then she just let it get moldier and moldier. I'm sure everyone's mother did that. That wasn't just my mom. Uh, And that that was a weird thing that my mother once did that I still Mm -hmm. think about. Put in a blender. I think about her walking into Walgreens (laughs) and handing them that loaf of bread 
and that <laughs> pharmacist being like, what is going on? <laughs> These are all true please. stories, by the way. I'm just going no, to. No, they're not. <laughs> this, this can't be true. <laughs> yes, my friend. Listen, I don't know if she actually took it into Walgreens, but I do know that a loaf of bread was kept in the garage as it molded, and the reason was because they could make it into penicillin. That was a conversation I had with the woman who birthed me. And she doesn't oh, listen to this. The best. So, yeah, no, she's a wonderful lady. She doesn't listen to this, so it doesn't matter. Um, wow, 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 wow. Awesome. The other, I guess, mom, my other mom, my wife, suggested, <laughs> uh, where do you stab someone with penicillin? She suggested the buttocks, which mm-hmm. was not a question I asked while we were watching this episode, <laughs> but she was really like, oh, you should, you should stab them in the buttocks. And I was mm-hmm. like, you say that for a lot of different things, unprompted. <laughs> and... Then we got into a fight, so uh, we picked this episode up the next day after we had yelled. So, um, yeah, all good stuff here. I mean, it makes sense, right? Let's let's pick a soft tissue to stab into as opposed to, I don't know how long this needle is, but just shove it into where you got organs. Sure. I don't know what you're going to be jabbing this into, but hey, it worked. Sure. Good Jabbed him right in the lung. He was like, and then he can breathe again. Anyways, we're back at Sad Village. That's what I'm calling it. Sad Village, where everyone's sad. Uh, They're making dinner, and they're very, this is where I caught it. They're very weary of, what kind of meat is that? And so this is where I picked up on the, Maybe we've maybe we've made some choices before, um, but the guy's like, "Nope, this is medicine," and they're like, "All right, thank you, Lord, for the medicine." No one seems all that happy in this weird group mm. lodge, and they have a conversation where David addresses. Listen, rumors out there. You guys know that we've run into the people that killed Alec. I've got a plan. We're gonna go after him tomorrow. Alec's daughter has the nerve to be like, oh, we should kill them. And as any old substitute teacher does when you're a kid, he walks over and slaps her with a book, I think is Mm -hmm. what he does, which is like, okay. I was like, all right, here's the turn. This is where David is. uh, This is where it's going to get weird. Because I Mm -hmm. feel like up until this point, he was pretty normal, right? And then he starts hitting kids in front of everyone. Yeah, this is a turning point. And I think listening to the showrunners talk through this a little bit, they wanted to just to add a little bit to David's character to show that there's more to him than what we've seen so far. This was a hard scene to watch, obviously, to see this young girl get hit when she's clearly going through a lot right now. But it's just trying to, I think, show more like the darker and sadistic side of David. And even as he hits this young woman down goes to help her up, he doesn't even really help her up, right? He puts his hand there for her to grab. So it's, again, this idea of, I'm your father figure, follow me, I'm the one that you need to be reaching out to. It's just, it's sadistic and gross, and it's it's a hard sure. scene. Well, see, my, and this is where I was starting to have my issues, where I was like, okay, he's like, you have to show respect when father is speaking. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, I don't think you heard her. Her father died. Do you remember? <laughs> his name is Alec. And then I was like, oh, David's referring to himself as father. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I got it, got it, got it, got it. And then he says his prayer for the whole group, and everyone's like, 
no one says anything when this guy hits uh, the the girl, and I'd be like, okay, there's some other people in this room that are grownups that maybe you're like, hey, you know, maybe don't hit her. That seems like a bad, uh, <laughs> bad plan. Uh, he also gets the biggest portion. I don't know if you looked at his plate, but yeah. his plate was lot of lot of medicine on that plate, and then. <laughs> I just, my issue here was like, why are we following this guy? Like, what does mm-hmm. this guy provide that everyone is like willing to be abused by, listen to him read scripture? Certainly, I mean, he's reading from the funnest book of the Bible, that's for sure. Revelation's <laughs> got some great twists, but I don't like, I, this is where I was like, why, like, is there so much charisma out of David? Is he, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. No, I, yeah, again, a, a great point. I mean, we don't know what happened prior to this. He does that whole story about them leaving Pittsburgh and all these people followed him and he got more people along the way. You would imagine some people that weren't as susceptible to this kind of cult-ish leader follower would have seen through him and, and moved on and did something else. But seemingly all the people here are just devoted to the guy. And like he mentions at the end, like I'm surrounded by sheep and he can seemingly control them all. I just could have used a scene where they're like, all right, we need a leader. Paper, rock, scissors. And someone's (laughs) like, Rochambeau? And they're like, yeah, whatever you want to call it, paper, rock, scissors. And then there's an eight-hour paper, rock, scissors (laughs) tournament, and David just happens to come out on top. It's like between him and this girl, like they're the finalists, and then he wins. And and that's why he holds a grudge, and that's why he hits her, mm, is because she was the one that was the closest to becoming captain mm-hmm. president of Sadville. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. I just, I understand sometimes where they're like, okay, this leader is charismatic, and he's the mm-hmm. reason why everyone's following him. You can't watch the TV show Waco without wanting to follow Tim Riggins all the way to the end, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. those, those are some references people will get if they've <laughs> ever watched the miniseries Waco. But I digress. Let's go back to the basement, Tom. No, I do want to mention something real quick. So you had mentioned the idea of he has a big portion, which I think is fantastic um, because I didn't catch that in the first watch. But Big portion of food. I'd like to clarify. (laughs) Big portion of food. I can't vouch for any other portions, Tom. (laughs) Just big portion of food. Correct. He was sitting at a table. Kids kids podcast. Um, (laughs) But yeah, everybody else has small bowls. He's got this massive (laughs) plate. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Sorry. I'm back in. Okay, uh, but he's got yeah this this real big plate of food, um, and as it <laughs> phrasing again, he did it again, incredible. Um, but the way it cuts to all the different people in Sadtown, like just devouring the food because they're not un like aware of really what they're eating, and then it does the quick cut to James where he has the smallest portion of food. Um, that he's kind of just nibbling on because he understands and knows this is probably Alec uh, and maybe part of Alec's butt. But <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I've, he's like, I, I know this, I know this taste. I know this, taste. this is butt. Woo! Uh, but yeah, David does not. He he doesn't care. He's going all in, and he's he's his belly's gonna be full. Okay, so. All right, all right, all right. So you think this is not venison? This is this might be venison because this is venison, hundred percent. You okay? I assume so when they, they had just got a deer, and so this was 
See, that would be deer. a good question, right? They they said that they had venison. I think every mention of venison is people. Like they're using that as a code name, like you kind of have with medicine. So the fact that they brought in a deer while all the food is sitting on everybody's table would probably make these people think, like, wait a minute, I didn't think we had any of this stuff left. You're bringing a deer. What are we eating? But these people are starved beyond belief, and they are not questioning it. Okay, the sheep are eating medicine. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Whew. All right medicine butt that you pointed out <laughs> hopefully most expensive cut the most. <laughs> you gotta go to the butcher counter for that one ask yeah. for mm-hmm. it you gotta you gotta be like i'd like you to cut it thick and then the guy's like how many c's in thick and he's like <laughs> a lot of c's and uh yeah that's what i know about pop culture these days Let's go to the basement now that you've taught us all about medicine. And I did not catch this. I assumed this was the deer that they just brought in. So good on no. you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for making. <laughs> now it's weirder because David's got this giant plate and he's like, yes. oh, man, I'm starving. Yes, Ooh. creepy. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. So this is OK. Whew. They're cannibals, right? I don't know if you yeah. found out, but they're all cannibals. Some of them unwilling cannibals, but Some they're cannibals. unknowingly cannibals. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. We're in the basement. Ellie, uh, at this point, sees David and his posse because this is the next day. They've come into town. They've followed mm-hmm. her tracks. They've been like, that is clearly a kid walking on her hands. That's clearly <laughs> a kid moonwalking, and that's... Probably a kid walking backwards, but we'll never know. (laughs) James has a conversation with David about sparing Ellie. And this is where David's like strict orders are kill the dude, essentially kill Joel, but Ellie we keep alive. Mm -hmm. And James is like, why don't we just kill everyone? Let's not be merciful at all. And I was like, Mm -hmm. all right, James has got a point. Although what James doesn't realize is you could eat Ellie too. So, or maybe James does understand that. And he's like, listen, I'm pretty full on medicine. I do not like, anyways, I don't know what his motivation is there. He just wants to kill people. Ellie gives Joel a knife and he's like, and she's like, listen, I'm going to bounce. Uh, if someone comes in here, just uh, stab away, stab, stab, mm-hmm. stab away. <laughs> and Joel is not looking real well during any of these scenes. So I'm a little bit surprised at how much stab, stab, stabbing he's about to do. Um, well, he's he's like going in and out of consciousness kind of this whole time. So the idea that, you know, maybe the night to rest, the penicillin kind of kicked in, but he definitely does a turn pretty quick. But we'll get to it when he eventually does take this guy out that comes down to the basement. I mean, it is one very well-placed stab like he didn't have it in him i think to wrestle this guy like if he didn't get him with his first stab he's probably gone so he you know hid in the darkness a la sam fisher and took that guy out sure we get a great action scene ellie is riding sea biscuit through the town <laughs> all of the men are uh, chasing her down and then i i i did not understand the geography of who was where but as soon as James posted up and she came riding by, I, I think I audibly was like, oh, no. And then <laughs> he shoots the horse. Uh, she takes a dive. Sea biscuit becomes glue. And uh, James walks over. And all the other weird bearded Colorado longshoremen are like, yeah, go ahead, put her down. Mm-hmm. And that's when David fires in the air. And he's like, nope, we don't kill her. We only kill the other guy. And he's like, you three, 
that are making, I don't know, background actor money that don't <laughs> speak any lines, you guys have to go find uh, the dude, and I'm going to carry Ellie back to camp. And I was like, mm-hmm. ooh, that is a long way to carry a child of that size. <laughs> oh, and you have to drag the horse as well. That's what I was like. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, do I do I drag the horse? Do I volunteer to drag the horse? Or do I volunteer to carry Ellie? I was like, I don't know which one. Those are both seemingly a really long way to take dead weight. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. But yeah, I mean, all these guys, they they see their friend's death um, on Ellie and Joel. Like, it's not just Joel the, that did it. They see Ellie as part of this. And as terrible as it is, like, all these guys want want their vengeance on both Ellie and sure, Joel. Sure, sure. They're like, we have Alec inside of us, literally inside <laughs> of us, driving this vengeance. Yeah. Um, when he's, like, dragged the horse, all I could think about, and I'm sure you won't remember it, but... Nate Baragazzi, my favorite comedian, has a uh, stand-up bit about seeing a dead horse. And he's like, I bet when you buy a horse, you don't think about what happens when it dies. And it's not like you can just go to the pet store, buy a different horse, and tell your kids that it's the same horse. Anyways, he does it much better. Nate Baragazzi, love him. But uh, whenever there's a dead horse, I think of him, which I don't know if that's flattering or not. Um, the men find Joel's hiding spot, which was behind some sort of china cabinet. Joel wakes well, Ellie up. Put in it time. there. Oh, that's right. right. Ellie, like moves Ellie the, yep, gave her that him. you know, yeah, that extra little bit of time that Joel could use to hear the guy coming in and have to move this to to kind of hide and, and do his stabby stabs. Yep, Joel stabby stabs the guy. He dies. It's brutal. They both stare at each other, and then. We're back to Sad Village, where Ellie awakes in a cage, and this cage feels very, like, dog poundish. She's mm-hmm. in, like, a animal cage, and I did not like this at all. Well, it's, like, even more menacing when you think about, like, she finds this ear later of, on top of or below the table where they're seemingly butchering people, among other things. So if there's a cage that's right next to this, the idea that, other people have been butchered while another person is potentially in this cage waiting to be butchered. Like, it's just that much more horrific. Mm. Yeah, no. As you were talking about that, I was making a face. I don't like to... I don't. Although, one would wonder what the nicest cut of meat on a human would be. Would it be like the back straps? What if the person had a bad back? Would no, it's, it's be... the butt. Yeah, the butt is the fillet of the body. I think it depends on the person, Tom. Someone like mm. you, it's definitely the butt. Someone like me, <laughs> I don't think it's the butt. I don't okay. know. We've got uh, 30 minutes. Let's dive into this a little bit harder. Tom, <laughs> as you look at me, what? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> David is like, listen, I can help. This is like classic, weird, like, I don't know, hostage taker, hostage. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just getting weirder and weirder the more he talks to her. He's like, listen, I can help you. You can trust me. Everyone else wants to kill you. Uh, Mm -hmm. But listen, I'm on your side. And uh, just, I don't know. This was, this. I didn't like any of it. Yeah, he he tries again to like okay, let's start with your name. Let's let's give me some more here that we can start establishing trust and relationship. Um so again, I like that he has this again because it just makes her when he or she eventually tells him his name that much more like powerful of a moment. 
Yeah, but Ellie in- won't give it to him, right? Like Ellie, like she's holding this. Like she, she knows he wants her name, even as trivial as it is. But she's holding this from him. Sure, sure. And what's interesting is there is a juxtaposition. That's a big word. Tom's used mm-hmm. it before. I'm stealing it. <laughs> of Joel is wrecking shop and holding people. He's holding people captive. And so mm-hmm. we have David, who's like menacingly. But in a very sterile environment, has her in a cage. He's asking questions. And then we have Joel has a guy tied to a recliner, and he is just <laughs> stabbing the dude in the kneecap. And you're kind of like, yeah, get him, Joel. Like, that's my dude. And then yeah. David, you're like, oh, that guy's bad. I hate that guy. <laughs> but one guy is actively stabbing someone uh, while they're, I don't know, duct taped to a chair. And the other guy's just asking questions. So good on this show in order to make me root for Joel <laughs> and hate David. Thank you, show. Good work. It is It is crazy. No, it's a, it's a, I'm glad you brought that up because that is very interesting how just seeing it from one character's perspective. It's like in the beginning of the episode where that you know young girl's crying because her father was taken from her. You know, from in her mind, like that is the vengeance she seeks. Like who killed her father? It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. But we flip it and we realize, okay, well they attacked Joel first and they were kind of in the right. It's 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 fascinating to to see these things play out. And I like how the show does that. It doesn't just say one side is evil and the other side is good. It plays with those those gray lines. Um, but I like the way it cuts back to Joel here when we kind of head back to Torture Town where he sets up the kind of similar wounded survivor trap that they kind of try to set for him in KC, right? Where he kind of takes out one guy, leaves him in the snow while the other guy kind of comes and then takes them both out to then tie him to the chair and then tie the other guy to, I don't know, the wall or whatever. So I think sure. it's kind of interesting to see them kind of bring back this stunt or idea because Joel's likely done this before. Right, right. He puts a knife in the guy's mouth and he's like, point on this map, tell me where we are, where Silver Lake is. Uh, and I was like, ooh, that, I don't know. That's a pretty challenging. <laughs> if I had a buck knife in my mouth, could I point on a map to an exact spot? And then you try and talk and the knife slips out and then it stabs <laughs> you in the groin. And you're just like, oh, this is the worst day ever. And then you're like, but this is going to be pretty funny when I tell my friends about how this all went down. And then you get stabbed to death. So uh, yeah, a lot of, lot of ups and downs for this guy mm-hmm. in the... Uh, recliner that recliner did look comfortable though i'll say that. it did it did good post-apocalyptic recliner um probably a lazy boy uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the idea too that we get another kind of callback of him doing the same bit about pointing to the map and it better be the same place your buddy points to is kind of what he did with that old couple when they were in their cottage uh so a lot a lot more murder in this scene yeah a <laughs> lot was more. In that one yes yes but again another callback to a, a bit that they've already kind of uh, played out through the series Yep, and just brutal from Joel, stabs the dude, it was rough, and then the other guy's like, uh, well, it sucks that you stabbed that guy, but I'm we're cool, right? We're going to be buddies, <laughs> and then Joel beats him to death with a pipe, and it is rough. Oh, man, and again, this scene is nearly identical, like in the video game, like where Joel's stabbing the guy in the leg, like the look in his eye is just pure terror. And him coming up to this guy and saying, like, oh, it's okay. I believe him. And then just lead pipe in the dude, a la Clue. It was brutal. A la Clue. Good for you. <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Is this a cutscene or are you making these choices in the game? Because This is a cutscene. This okay. is a cutscene. It, mm-hmm. it feels like, 
what if you're just like, all right, I don't want to stab this guy to death, and I don't want to beat that guy with a with a lead pipe? Is the game just like you showed mercy? Game over, and then they like murder you. What? I, I, I guess if it's a cutscene, you don't have a choice. If it's a game, there, it's like press triangle to show mercy. You press triangle, and the game's like, nope, you're playing the wrong game. There are parts of that, and and this isn't getting anything away, but in like the second game, there are moments where as you're playing, the character is like saying, "Hey, don't shoot me, don't shoot me, whatever," and is kind of trying to play like that. And then as he still slowly starts walking away, he pulls out a gun and starts trying to shoot you. So yeah. there's no saving this guy. You just you know allowed him to turn back on you. Yeah, they should make a game where you're just merciful and nice to everyone. Would uh, <laughs> would people play a game like that, Tom? Where it's just like. Press triangle to give this person a hug. Press triangle to be tra- uh, to be charitable, and then it's like you have won the game. Congratulations! I don't think anyone would play that game, so no, never mind. I don't like it exists. No, it does not. Everyone wants to be the evil guy in Fable. That's for sure. I made a note here. <laughs> Oh, I made a note while watching this that as Joel beats one guy to death and stabs the other, my comment was, I'm surprised they didn't make Joel religious in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember making that note, but now that I've read it, oh, it's brilliant. That's great. Yep. He starts quoting some scripture as well. Yeah, he's like, though I walk through the valley, he starts doing LL Cool J from Deep Blue Sea and then uh, beating these guys to death. We're back at Sad Village. This is the moment you spoke about where Ellie is like, is that an ear? And he's like, it's not not an ear. And she's like, that's <laughs> well, that not I can't an hear answer. you. <laughs> I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, 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 that's good. That's good. Although I don't know that we've established uh, David is a father, so he can't make dad jokes. If, mm, uh, touche. Touche. Uh, well, then uh, Ellie was like, hey, can you lend me an ear? Can you lend Listen to me. Listen to me. Lend me an ear. And he throws it at the cage and it bounces off. And that's when things get dark. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they were eating people. Uh, David's like, listen, we're all animals. You know, we're all. That's sort of the point. That's sort of the point. And uh, I can't let these people starve. You know, Joel killed. He did it to protect you. We're doing the same thing. We're all equals here. Everyone's killing to protect someone. Just Just depends on who you know. And I was like, is, amen, amen, brother. That's the scripture <laughs> right there. It's interesting the way they do this because in the game, you don't get any backstory of really who this group of people are. You just see them as cannibals and you assume that they're terrible people. But this is, it's been documented in history. Uh, it's like Donner Party. There's, I can't remember, I think it was like a hiking crew or something like that that had to do something similar where they had to do this to survive. And when you see that this community has children and it is a crazy, terrible question that you would have to ask. And I like how the game, or excuse me, the show kind of made you think about that a little bit more than the game. Game just made you think, oh, these are cannibals. Okay, let's kill them all. Sure. Yeah, I think you're referring to that soccer team that had the plane crash in the Andes and they eventually had to start eating bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, terrible. Um, Ethan Hawke was in that movie. I never saw it, but I... See, this is where, I think I've talked about it before, like, 
characters being evil just to be evil is something that I am a little bit bothered by. Like, I, I like motivation. I like trying to understand, mm-hmm. like, where it's coming from. And this is about the part where David, like, went off the rails for me, mm-hmm. where he was like, listen, you remind me of me. And I was like, you don't really know her. Like, she pointed a gun at you for a little while. You guys chatted, but you don't even know her name. So I don't know. And he's like, you're a leader. You're smart. You're loyal. You're violent. And I was like, I don't know. Do you know all those things just from, I don't know, 10 minutes of conversation? And he's like, I've got a secret. I've got a violent heart. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. That's a weird thing to tell people that you just met i don't know this is where like this is where it got it stretched it for me a bit if i'm being honest Mm -hmm. yeah no i think it's it's a very fair point i think his line that he kind of says is like you got a violent heart and i should know because i've always had a violent heart which kind of i mean that line right there makes you re-question really everything you've seen and heard of david at this point like he's not this tells me okay he was not a teacher he's not any of these things that he said he was he was probably an abuser and a violent man in like what used to be the real world, if you will. So I think because of that, he sees, I'm with you, like I don't know exactly what he sees with Ellie. I don't know if there was any specific moments that Ellie positioned herself to be violent. But as people are watching the show, we know she has violent tendencies. And we've talked about her kind of curiosity with the macabre and like she's sure. killed cordyceps and then infected in people and stuff before so i do i do think it's an, an interesting concept and idea of them continuing to play that ellie is you know she's a good person in in her bones but she does have violent tendencies and for whatever reason this guy can can see it so you're saying deep down you don't believe he was ever like a school teacher or these things no. you think this is all backstory that this psychopath yeah. is making up Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I think all the things that he does to manipulate people and, and that we've seen in this this episode and everything, I think he is just a master manipulator and was likely a, a terrible and abusive person, husband, father in what used to be the real world. Sure. Okay. Well, see, that's I would accept if like a middle school teacher was like this violent and crazy because <laughs> I don't know if you've ever dealt with middle school kids, but... <laughs> I mean, it will drive one to a violent heart. That's for sure. Um, (laughs) The other thing that threw me off was he's like, listen, I admire the cordyceps. Like, I don't think he says it in that way, but he's like, Mm -hmm. they love, they're violent, they grow. I'm like, wait, is this guy? I was like, this one, I don't really understand. He's like, I'm really a big fan of this thing that's ruined the world. Um, And this was also the vibe where I was like, okay, Maybe he's not all that religious, like deep down. That's <laughs> yeah. maybe just a something he's using to lead mm-hmm. this flock or like lead them astray. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, that's more interesting than him just being a terrible, like religious person. But mm-hmm. yeah, I had a lot of questions just about his his motivation. And he's like, I want to help you, Ellie. Like we could be equals. We can be. And then she's like, you would have me be a powerful. And then she turns all blue and she refuses to take the <laughs> ring from him. Is I think what happens in this scene. Yeah. I don't know. I blacked out a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, his lines like to her, the idea like he seems to think that she can handle it and that she doesn't need a father and she's beyond that. 
which again is interesting dialogue because we've seen throughout this whole series and adventure that she's seeing a father figure in Joel and clearly needs a father figure. And now she has this guy telling her, like, you don't need a father. You're smarter than that. You're more capable than that. Like, the idea of having a father or somebody you love and care about is a bad thing. And I think if we get at the end, like, the terrible line where he talks about, like, there's no fear in love, which is just terrible. Like, it's, it's a crazy thing to say, right? Like, the idea of love is the fear of loss and the fear of, of losing that love. And this guy is seemingly incapable of it. Sure. Yeah. Once again, this guy says a lot of things that are off the rails that I mm-hmm. didn't quite uh, I didn't quite track, but that's just because I'm a sane, normal person that doesn't have any <laughs> issues of his own. Thank nope. you very much. I'm perfectly normal. Um, the best part of this is Ellie breaks his finger, and you mm. can see it coming from a mile away. She yeah. like puts she like puts her hand on his. He hits. He puts his hand on hers. She then moves her hand to put her hand on his. He puts his hand on hers, and then there's this weird power struggle where they're just trying to put one hand on top of the other. And this is why he won in Rochambeau. But Ellie's better because she breaks his finger, and it was great. And I wish she would have broken more of his fingers. Yeah, this is exactly how it plays out in the game, where she breaks the finger because you can see his keys kind of dangling on his side. So she thinks, okay, can I do this? Take the keys and, and try to escape the situation. And the way this just ends is just so absolutely brilliant. Where he's like, oh, okay, let's see what I go tell the others now. And as he's walking away, Ellie gets the last word and she says, Ellie, you can tell them Ellie was the one who broke your effing finger. Yeah, like, she gave oh, up her name. Just yeah, so great. awesome. It was And great. this is... I mean, because this is after she got like bashed into the, the the cage of the little prison she has here, and she's just all bloodied and just ferocious in the scene. I I love the way Bella acted here. It's, it's, sure, she's great. She's great. No, it was wonderful. Um, love to see someone's finger get broken. Hate to see Ellie get her face smashed into a cage. How cold is it in this like meat packing weird cell? Like, is it real cold? Because what I would have been like is, hey, Mister David. Uh, I dare you to stick your tongue on the cage and then he sticks his tongue on the cage and then he's stuck and you can take his keys, you can break all his fingers. Um, that That's what I would have done if it was cold enough. But Listen, smart, um, smart. Yeah, listen, my mom always said I was, uh, she never used the term smart, but she said I was some Capable? kind of something. Some kind okay. of something was what okay. she used to say. So... Anyways, she was making penicillin in the garage, so what does she know? Um, Joel was following a blood trail, and I was real confused by this. I was like, wait, what blood trail is he following? And then I realized it was the dead horse that the guys Mm -hmm. dragged back to the old resort town where he finds Ellie's backpack and the horse and some um, field-dressed deer that are just hanging, just deer, nothing to see mm-hmm. here, just some weird-looking deer hanging in that <laughs> butcher house, right, Tom? Uh, Those were yeah. deer. Gross, terrible, just like it happens in the game where you kind of Ugh. are Joel, you see this, and you have to kind of walk through. And in this, I think in this part of the game, if you're playing as Joel, you see this, and you immediately start like running, or you realize, okay, I've got to save Ellie. 
he cuts off like a forearm and in the next scene he's kind of like gnawing on it as he's looking for <laughs> Ellie is that I'm assuming that's what they do in the game they were they were out of jerky so I mean right. he needed a little bit of pick me up oh yeah he's got all that penicillin have you ever taken penicillin on an empty stomach you will get <laughs> nauseous so it should it would be really funny if he's like listen I'm gonna intimidate the heck out of these guys he just like is walking around chewing on a foot and these people are like that guy's insane and he's like guess what you were eating humans first and then the whole place just throws up their arms and wants nothing to do with David. <laughs> they grab Ellie. I, I did not like this. James and David go in. They grab Ellie. They throw her on the table. I did not like this. I knew she was going to live, but I did not enjoy this. Mm. Um, he slams the butcher knife down by her head. Uh, he, she bites him, and she's like, guess what? I'm infected. You're infected. Here's my scar. Very satisfying when she cleavers James and runs. But yeah. uh, this was really well shot. The tension was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew she wasn't going to die, but I did not. Like, this was uh, not fun for me. Yeah, and again, straight from the video games with the way this is, is set up. And to your point, like, when Ellie's getting thrown on that table, like, you, there's just no way out. Like, what can she possibly do at this point? And for her to think so fast, and because she's just so smart... She plays her trump card with, hey, I'm infected. Check out my arm. And it was just enough what she needed to be able to escape the situation and then just go into full-on survival mode at this point. Right, right. She's like, I have COVID. And they're like, we don't have masks. (laughs) And then she starts stabbing people. I do want to say, though, it's it's a fitting end for James, played by Troy Baker, being able to, you know, voice uh, Joel in the games and then ultimately portray a character that gets taken out by ellie it's poetic and brilliant and i'm sure uh troy loved every minute of of being able to act in in the show sure i did think they like focused on his death like the camera just kind of hung <laughs> yeah. around and watched him slowly bleed out with the butcher's knife and it makes a lot more sense knowing i don't think when i watched this i knew what the significance of that actor was gotcha. uh, in fact i know i didn't it wasn't until after i watched the episode that I saw online that that's who that was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do like that they gave him like, they're like, hey man, you're going to be in the show and this is how you're going to die and we're going to do a close-up <laughs> on, your fla- on your face as the blood pulses and then David pulls the butcher knife out of your neck very like <laughs> nonchalantly. He's like, all right, well, sorry James. We're going to uh, go after Ellie with the butcher knife that killed you. <laughs> um, does she do... No, no, no. She she sets it on fire with she pulls out like a piece of burning wood from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Is that what happens here? Yeah, she's kind of looking for a weapon. She finds this and then yeah, throws it kind of over David's shoulder to catch the uh, the building on fire. And this is what happens in the game. You don't. This is not how the burning uh, the restaurant here comes on fire. I think it's like a lamp or something that falls down. But it just makes this scene so much more menacing with this burning. Uh, steakhouse or whatever running in the background sure sure all those steaks are gonna be a well done (laughs) well done david gets his chance to do his evil speech and you're like this guy's not long for the world because he's doing his evil speech Mm. and monologuing monologuing, yes he does have a moment here where the curtains on fire and he's like should i put that out or should i go murder the girl and he's like (laughs) Putting it out seems like a good idea, but murdering the girl seems like a better idea. (laughs) Even though at some point he's like, I'm not going to kill you. You know, you and I are going to rule Middle Earth together or something (laughs) like that. 
but satisfyingly, we get Ellie stabbing David, and she cleavers him to death over and over and over and over again. And it mm. is, uh, it's just lovely the way the blood splatters, the way she cleaves at him over and over again. And uh, yeah, actually, it's pretty brutal. And I don't know that I enjoyed it, but I'm glad he's dead. <laughs> yeah, this is a moment that I think will forever change Ellie with just the brutality. And, you know, as she is taking this man's life, she clearly has taken it, yet she continues to take all of her anger and frustration and just everything she's had bottled up into this this scene. And it is gut-wrenching to watch. But I, I want to ask you, so when you were watching this episode, did you get, because they kind of cut back to Joel a couple times of him kind of coming, did you get the sense that Joel was going to be her savior and Joel was going to come in to save the day? I did think that he was going to come through the door and you were going to hear a gunshot or something mm-hmm. uh, and that that's how this was going to end. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit surprising that he, she had to do the dirty work, but I mean, they had to set her up to give her tagline where after she cleaves him to death, she's like, clean up on aisle nine and then (laughs) stares into the camera, which I mean, just beautiful writing there. Mm -hmm. I would have gone with maybe a different catchphrase, but Mm -hmm. clean up on aisle nine's a classic. It's a Michael Scott classic. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. I thought, I thought. Uh, he was going to show up much earlier than he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I think it's, it's just such a powerful and raw moment that Joel is there and he's, he's trying to come there to help her. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you have to be the one to save yourself. And I like the way that they didn't change this up. And this is how it happened in the game. Ellie ultimately is the one that, that takes David's life here. And, she, you know, she then stumbles outside and, and finds Joel. And again, just... I mean, this this scene tore me up for sure, where they are finally together, and Joel kind of calms her down a little bit. And you, you know, Joel didn't save her physically, but I mean, in this next scene here, Joel is saving her emotionally and trying to bring her back down. And you know, it comes with this hug. And I mean, to me, the one of the most powerful lines throughout the entire series is this line that Joel gives to Ellie, where he's like, "It's me. It's okay. It's okay, baby girl. I got you." Um, gosh, and even just saying that now, I got goosebumps because that's that's when I mean he hasn't said that for twenty years. That's what he right. called his daughter. It was baby girl, and even the way the shot is framed, where as he's hugging, you can see the broken watch on Joel's arm, and I mean this cements it right. Like he's for all intents and purposes Ellie's father at this point, right. and will do anything to protect her. Right. Yeah. No. It's uh, it's very powerful and. Uh, I think they did a wonderful job of the tension action and then how this one ends and leads mm-hmm. to uh, a season finale, which mm-hmm. they don't have a specific name for the episode before the finale of a TV show. <laughs> so we'll just say it's the episode before the finale and leave it at that. <laughs> My question at this point, and you've made some beautiful observations uh allow me to come in with where are all the other people from silver lake (laughs) village like these two have like burnt down their chow hall they've uh, murdered their leader and they're just like walking away uh is it just uh, a bunch of like 
people that are going to be left to go hungry now that they've burned <laughs> down. Uh, not that I care about them all that much, but there were some women and children and men that were not a part of the murderous hunting party that were left there, but... I guess we're not supposed to really care about that, ultimately. <laughs> well, we did we did establish that they're sheep, so maybe they're just like in a pen, you know, walking around on the other side of the village. Not Comfortable in their wool coats, <laughs> yes. uh, living their best life, eating <laughs> snow and grass. All right, that's fair. All in, the, in the game, yeah. when you're playing this, because it's cutting back between you playing as Joel and then you playing as Ellie, Joel is just obliterating this town. So he's like taking out all of these guys as he's trying to get to Ellie and then ultimately sees this burning building and then rushes in to kind of save Ellie. And actually in the video games, Joel pulls Ellie off of David and like stops her from her attack on, on David after he had passed. And he's uh, fine. So, and he's fine. No, he's only he's been still... cleaved a <laughs> dozen times and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm still okay. Yeah. So it's a little bit different where they, they give Ellie that time to breathe. And I think they kind of talked about the showrunners that what well, did make much sense, like for him to run into the burning building when the doors were all locked and kind of, I don't know, they, they kind of played it out, which, which makes sense, but it, it changes the dynamic a little bit of her going outside and then Joel finding her to, to console her and not being kind of taken off. But I'm with you. It's, it's, it's a bit goofy. It doesn't make sense. I don't know where these other people are, but I love the way they, they did this and so true to the game. And I don't know. I, I told you last episode that this is going to be a, a pretty wild one. And I don't know, after talking through it and, and watching it, I don't know if you watched it twice, but I, what'd you think of this one? Good action. Good, good, good. Scenes. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. And now that I've talked it through with you and realized that like maybe David's character was all made up in terms of his background, uh, his like religious using that just to, like manipulate people. I mean, this guy is going from, he was a teacher, he's a preacher, he loves cordyceps, he's a cannibal, (laughs) he's not actually religious, he's super violent. Oh, by the way, he's also a rapist or like, I I don't know. Like, the guy is, once again, he's like evil just to be evil. And so my question is, how did this guy become the leader of this group? Uh, But having talked it out and realizing that maybe some of that backstory is just him manipulating and taking over um i i guess i i can forgive the show a little bit more and Mm -hmm. it's a little bit more believable but i know this was a a great episode had action i'm interested to see you know how they how they end this season there's two seasons right it's this season and one other They've been picked up for a second season. There's two video games, but you know, it's the second video game is gigantic. So it's possible that they could separate the second video game into two mm. seasons. I'm not I'm not sure how they, they would do it, but we're definitely getting a, a second one. That's I guess what this we is, call this hobbiting is... when you take something and you make it into more than what yeah. it is. Yeah. Um but I and I know I'm kinda of putting you on the spot here a little bit, but I mean what what are you what do you think's gonna happen in this in this season finale? Like I think we've gotten the idea of they're going to Colorado they're maybe trying to go to where the fireflies you know they saw that map they saw the fireflies apparently went from that one hospital in Wyoming and now they're coming to this one in Colorado like what where do you think this show is is going to go I'm just interested to to hear your perspective aren't we headed to Salt Lake City thought we were headed to Salt Lake City where the fireflies have gone Mm -hmm. um and then they're going to get there and then 
a lot of action's going to happen, and then Ellie's going to slip on the ice, and she's going to bang her head, and then she's going to wake up as Sarah, who has just had a bad dream, and this has all been a dream. And then she's going to go downstairs. Pedro will have a cake for his own birthday, and they'll make pancakes, and then it'll all start again, and they'll get infected because they ate flour or wheat or whatever it is that passed it on. So she learned nothing from her fever dream. She learned nothing from her dream to stay away from carbs, and that's how season two starts. Uh, and sadly, she is killed, and Ellie comes into the picture. So jokes on her. But no, okay. I don't have any idea how this is going to end. I don't really. You know, knowing there's more seasons and knowing they don't have to, like, wrap this up. I will say, strong prediction, I I don't know how long Joel uh, is going to be of this world. Um, mm-hmm. That's I've said this before, characters like him uh, don't live forever, and this is HBO, and he's the <laughs> Sean Bean of this, of this show. So I think we may have a heroic exit of... Uh, one one Pedro Pascal, uh, mm-hmm. Joel Miller is that is that his name? Uh, yeah, I think it's Joel Miller. Yeah, I don't know if they ever really use the last names, but I think Miller sounds right enough. Sure, but uh, yeah, I mean, what are your predictions, Tom? Knowing nothing about the game, <laughs> knowing nothing about the show, how's this going to end? Why don't you just ruin everyone's day by telling them how the season and the game ends? I will not. I will not. I will just say that. It's going to be great, and I'm very much excited to talk to you about how they end the season. Wonderful. I'm sure they all find religion and turn out great. Um, (laughs) If you would like to join us and uh, have comments, have questions, you can reach us at teambingepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy this podcast, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we appreciate anyone who's done that, anyone that's going to do that. Tom knows our other stuff. And, Tom, we're going to do recommendations for what else we are watching and uh, recommending these days. So what Perfect. are the other ways that people can somehow touch us through <laughs> social media? That's not yes. the right way of saying that. Um, you can explore us at Ugh. Team Binge or at Team Binge Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, always appreciate the conversation there. The folks that have followed us and, and play along, you know who you are. We we appreciate you guys tremendously. Uh, if you want some merch, we just came out with some merch with our partners at T Public. That's T E E Public dot com. You can get some random shirts and stuff like that. I'm actually wearing mine right now. It's very comfortable. Nice. Uh, so get your merch. And uh, yeah, again, super excited. I'm, I'm kind of almost bummed that we only have one more episode left. Uh, but but can't wait to to finish this off and talk through it. I also want to do a quick plug for Ted Lasso. We've got that kind of started our whole podcast in the first place. So if you've also watched Ted Lasso, go check out our back catalog. We did the first two, and we're super excited for the third season to start here in, gosh, almost less than two weeks. Yep, we'll pick up season three. Um, Other recommendations. I want to just take this on because this is an HBO show. Also on HBO right now is a movie called See How They Run. It is a play on like Agatha Christie whodunits, and it is pretty fun. It's easy to watch. There's some laughs in there. If you like an old British uh, whodunit, I would recommend watching 
uh, see how they run. It's a it's a it's a pretty good time. Sam Rockwell, uh, Cher Sharonin. I don't think I'm saying that name right at all, <laughs> but she's great in it, and so. That is what I would recommend outside. If you want something a little bit lighter uh, than um, <laughs> The Last of Us. It's got murder, but it's not quite as brutal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The murder is all like <laughs> very, it's very nice murder. We'll just say that. <laughs> the nicest of murders, you know. And uh, and who did it? Who? who did I'm it? not telling you. You know mm. I've played the video game, so I'm I not going to tell you. <laughs> Touche. Um, I guess I will recommend something me and my wife have just started watching, and this is nothing new, and I'm very late to the party on this, but the show The Bear, which is a FX show featuring, I don't know all the cast, but incredibly well-acted cast of kind of this uh, young guy that comes back to Chicago and runs kind of an old family restaurant. It's like a beef Italian eatery or something, but really fascinating, very well done, cool drama. They do a lot of like back-end kitchen stuff about like how kitchens are actually run and preparing the food and screaming all these things like behind and yes chef and heard it's really fascinating to understand the life of these chefs and people that make amazing food that we never think about and to see all the things that they have to do to prepare so i would uh, recommend that go i haven't finished it but uh from what we've seen thus far it's been a lot of fun Sure. Yeah, I don't know who the name, the main actor is. He's the guy from Shameless, uh, which mm. he was uh, a big fan. I was a big fan of of the TV show Shameless. So I have been. Thank you for joining us, each and every one of you. I have been <laughs> Julian, and I have been not Cannibal Tom. We'll see you next time. <laughs> nice.